Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Summer is in full swing and there's so much going on at our church. Be sure to check the events section of our website or the Creekwood Church app to stay connected this summer. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. It's going to be a familiar scripture that a lot of you um, might recognize, but um, let's read this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. If you underline your Bible or highlight your Bible, I want you to underline that phrase, puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I want you to go back up to the top, and I want you to notice it says puts them into practice. Everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice. Say the word practice with me. Puts them into practice. Everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice. Jesus here, just to kind of give you some observation on this passage of scripture, on the surface, it's easy to kind of look at this and think he's talking about us building some house. But he's not talking about building a house. He's actually using a house as an analogy about us building a life. And that for us to build our life, we need to think about what he says. You know, a lot of people believe that Jesus was always politically correct, and I would disagree with that because Jesus was not politically correct. Oftentimes he said things that were shocking. And here he actually calls people fools. He says there are people that are fools. Fools are people that actually hear what I'm telling you and hear God's word, but they don't put it into practice. And he says that there are two types of people. There's one that puts it into practice and one that doesn't. Some people also look at this scripture and think, you know, um, one person, as they were building their life, one person had faith and the other didn't have faith. And I would disagree with that because I, when I look at this, I see two people that have faith. One person has faith in themselves, has faith in what they can do with their life, and another person has faith in what God can do. Has faith in what God's word says. You know, it's so easy to just kind of become numb to what God says become numb to God's word where it just kind of goes in one ear and comes out the other. We kind of know what God says, but we are just kind of going through the motions of what God's word says and we don't put it into practice. And I want to talk to you about what does it look like for you to put this into practice? 
What does it look like for you actually to be a practicing Christian? You know, there's doctors that are practicing doctors. There's attorneys that are, they are, uh, they are practicing law. Are you practicing your faith? Are you practicing, are you, are you a practicing Christian or are you just like a Christian by name? Do you just listen to what God says and you read God's word or you hear me talk about it and you're just like, I'm a Christian by name, but I'm not a practicing Christian and um, you don't really know what like you stand for, what you believe, anything. It's just like, I'm a Christian. I go to church and you're not a practicing Christian. The Bible tells us the power in, in Philippians 4, 9, it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. There's the word again. Whatever you have heard, whatever you have seen, put it into practice. Do you know that the power of the Christian life is not in what you intend to do, but in what you actually do? Are you a practicing Christian or are you just a Christian by name? That's pretty deep to think about. And I think each one of us has to evaluate our own life because you look at your own life and you're like, am I really a practicing Christian or, or am I just kind of Christian by name and like, I'm just kind of my, like, I don't really like know what I believe. And like, if one per, you know, I'm kind of going along and I just like, there's no direction and I'm building my house on like, there's nothing solid that I'm building my life on. It's just like, I'm a Christian over here by name, but I'm building my life on because you know what, right now in our culture, they're saying this is okay to do. And in the culture right now, they're saying this is great to do. And, and I'm just kind of like all over the place and I'm trying to build my house of my life and your house is being built on the sand. And the Bible tells us that Jesus says that if you build your house on the sand and you don't practice being, you're not a practicing Christian, your house is going to fall. Your life is not going to be built on anything solid. What does it look like for you to be a practicing Christian? I believe one of the, the first things for you to be, to look at in your life and I want to specifically kind of home in on, there's a lot of things that I could talk about when it comes to being a practicing Christian, but I want to talk to you specifically about the church. Do you know that the church is God's idea? Some people want to say that, well, you know, the church is just a man-made organization and, and uh, I would disagree with you. Listen, the church is God's idea. Jesus himself is the founder of the church. Psalms 92 verse 12 says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear full fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. How many of y'all want to stay fresh and green? The church is, is God's idea 
Jesus is the one that started it. It says in Matthew 16, 18, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Psalms 26, 8 says, Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where you, your glory dwells. Psalms 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalms 23.6 says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord until somebody makes me mad. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord until I don't feel like it. And I know this sounds very elementary today, but I, I really feel like we need to be, remind ourselves, if we're practicing Christians, we need to remind ourselves that the church is God's idea. The church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. That the church is the hope of the world. The church is, is, is not optional. It is essential to my faith. And that if I'm a practicing Christian, the church is a big deal. This is a big deal, what God is doing. And by the way, this is summertime and we are packed out. 9.30 service, we are in overflow. This service, we're in overflow. God's doing something. But I want to just, just kind of home in on this because if I'm a practicing Christian, then I'm not just an observer. I'm not just an attender. I'm not just kind of like, well, I'm going to church today and I think I'm, you know, like, no. I'm a practicing Christian, so I, this is God's idea. God's the one that started this. I love the church. I think the church has gotten a bad rap. We've loved, and I know that there are people here that, man, you, maybe you've gotten hurt by church, and your experience in church in the past has been awful, and I would just tell you that don't let that Keep you from loving the church because the church is something that God instituted. God started this. It was God's idea. And so if I'm a practicing Christian, church has got to be a big deal. It's not something that is optional that I sit around deciding whether or not we're going to be a part of it. Church is not something that I ask my kids, do y'all want to go to church today or do y'all want ice cream? I'm just kind of being stupid there, but you don't ask your kids, do they want to go to school? School's not optional. If I'm a practicing Christian, I'm communicating to this next generation that church is a big deal because it was God's idea. Jesus started it. It's a big deal. We are going to be a part of this. Church helps me center my life around God. If I'm a practicing Christian, I understand that when I'm, I'm a part of the church, it is, it is helping me center my life around God. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, Christ's love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. Church helps me center my life around God. Church helps me connect with other believers. Romans 12, 5 says the body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But 
as a chopped off finger and a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much. 1 John 4.21 says, the person who loves God must also love other believers. Ephesians 2.19, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. We need each other. And part of God's plan for your life as a practicing Christian is that you gotta get connected to other people. Do you know that it could be maybe that the person next to you holds the answers to what you are searching for in life? That they are sitting next to you and it wasn't 10 years ago that they were addicted to drugs. It wasn't 10 years ago that their marriage was blown up. It wasn't five years ago that their kids were a nightmare and they were like doing crazy stuff. And you're sitting there today and you showed up to church today and you are one conversation away. That's why we want you to like get to know each other. But like, if you come to the 930 service, you got to do it real fast because we need everybody to get out of here quick so we can do the 11 o'clock. I told him, I said, get their phone number and y'all talk on the way out and call them when you get in the car. Do not hang around in here because we need you to get out for the 11 o'clock service. But bless God, we love you. There's something powerful of when you start realizing, and let me just say this to you, church is not perfect because people are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Believe me, I'm, I just asked my wife. I'm not. There's something powerful that happens when you get around people that, that go, you know what, I love church and I love the body of Christ. It was his idea and me connecting with other believers. And, and we start going, not coming in here, oh, bless God, and I'm all clean. I look all great. No, man, you know what? It wasn't that long ago that I know our marriage looks great, but it wasn't that long ago that our marriage blew up. And man, we were hating each other. And we were like, like, you know, doing crazy stuff to each other because we hated each other. And now we love each other. God's healed us. Amen. There's something powerful that happens in that. See, and let me just kind of speak to those of you that are joining us online. Um, I want you to hear me, and, and I know that there's a lot of you that are joining us online because maybe you have a physical uh, illness or, or um, a specific reason why you're not able uh, to, to join us, and I, I want you to, to relax and maybe not listen to the next few seconds. But those of you that, um, man, you are like, you know what? COVID, you got out, of, got out of the habit of going to church or you're like, you know what? I don't know. Technology's great. And I would just tell you, technology helps us um, uh, get connected, but it's, it's not a substitute for connection. And, and just watching church online, and, and I know some of you are, when you go on vacation, I love that you do this, watch and you join us. And I love that, but do not let, yourself believe that the church is just kind of like, it's not, it's just out there and I'm going to watch a little TV over there and I'm watch the service and that's all I need. No, it's not a substitute for you getting connected to other people. There's something powerful that happens.
When we get connected and we understand that this, this is God's idea and the church, God loves it. God loves the body of Christ. God, this, is, this, is, this ought to be something, if I'm a practicing Christian, this ought to be something that, man, I'm all in. I, I'm all in. I, I believe in this. I want to do this. Do you know that the church is God's plan for expanding and reaching people? It's God's plan. Ephesians 1.23 says the church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. That's a little confusing uh, a scripture, but just to kind of narrow it down for you, basically it means that when God wants to speak to the world, he speaks through the church. When God wants to reach the church, the world, he uses the church. It's not like God is over here trying to do something in the world and, and God's looking over at the church and going, hey, I got y'all saved. Y'all need to be quiet over there. Y'all be, be quiet over there and y'all like keep playing church because I'm doing something over here. No, the way that God works is that he works through the church. The hope of the world, the way God's gonna reach people, it's that he is going to use the church. Do you see why it's so important? If you are a practicing Christian, you ought to love this place. You ought to be in love with it so much that you say, it is a place that I want to love, I want to support, I want to serve. I'm going to bring my friends. If this isn't the place, and I want to just tell you this in love today. But if this is not a place that you say, man, I love this place. I love this church. I want to support it. I want to serve at that church because I love it. It is my church. It is where God has called me. If this isn't the place that you feel that you need to find that church, find that church and fall in love with it and say, God, I'm all in. Do you know that you would be shocked how few people give? And I know I'm kind of meddling and you're like, oh, baby, hold the purse. Pastor's talking about money. I'm not going to back down from this because I'm passionate about it. It is a, it, and Creekwood is above average of most churches, but studies have been done around the, the nation that it is a small percentage of Christ followers that actually practice. They're practicing Christians when it comes to their money. They don't tithe the church. They, they're tippers. And why am I saying this? Look, you, if you've been around here, you know the offering boxes are in the back. We don't, I don't, we don't ever pressure people to do that. But I'm just going to say this to you. Do you know what happens if, you, if we are not givers and we're, we're, we're not investing in the kingdom of God? I believe one day when we get to heaven, we stand before God. God's going to ask you, what did you do with the resources that I blessed you with? Because part of the resources that I blessed you with was for you to invest in the kingdom of God. See, I think some of us think that we're going to walk in here one Sunday morning and the angels have been in here at night and they've been, they brought in big old trunks of cash and they're going to, it's kind of, we're going to come in here and go, oh my word, the angels brought money. The church can keep reaching people. 
Do you know this is, this is mind-boggling? Do you know that if every person in this church tithe, we could build our West Campus and pay cash for it? And you can add it up. Is it a wonder why the enemy fights you and your finances? Because he knows, he knows, hey, you don't need to be a practicing Christian when it comes to your money, but what if, what if, it, what if maybe God has blessed you that everything you touch financially, your company, you as an individual, that God has just blessed your, like, you are like, we're so blessed. What if the reason why God has blessed you is that he's expecting you to be a practicing Christian, that you practice what you live and you say, man, God, you have blessed me and I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God. I would rather have the knowledge in my mind and in my heart that I made a difference in a kid's life, that a kid gave their heart to God, then I got a better TV. Serving. You ought to love this place so much that you're a practicing Christian and you say, I'm going to serve. I love this place. I love what God is doing. I want to see more people, one for the kingdom of God. I'm a practicing Christian. I'm a, listen, if you're a practicing Christian, you ought to serve. If you're a practicing Christian, you ought to bring friends to church. Some of us, this has gotten so old that our biggest decision on Sunday morning is where are we going to go eat after church? Or what? Like, baby, does this look okay on me? And like, we're fighting and whatever. And you know, all that conversation that happens before church and going to church and all that junk. And we're not thinking about... Man, I love what God, this, this is God's idea. I got to get people there. I need to invite somebody. See, what, what is it that, that begins to boost and begins to bring the supernatural into what church is about? See, because this is, this is where it gets dangerous. If church becomes a religious organization. Do you see that? That the enemy doesn't fear this building. The enemy doesn't feel, fear cathedrals. The enemy fears practicing Christians. And what does it look like when it comes, when you look at the body of Christ and you look around and we as a church, when you bring faith into this, it is something that releases the power of God supernaturally in people's lives around you. It takes great faith to show up here on a weekend and believe God. It takes great faith for you to serve. It, it takes great faith when it comes to the church, if you're a practicing Christian, do you know that the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God? You go read throughout the book of Hebrews, like for example, Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. 
And I could kind of go down the line in, in 11 verse four, it says, by faith, Abel, verse five, by faith, Enoch. There's the scripture I referenced a minute ago, verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews eleven seven says, by faith, Noah, verse eight, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Joseph, by faith, Moses' parents. Verse 29, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. We could go on and on and on. You see that faith is important. If you're a practicing Christian, you understand that faith has to be mixed into what is the heart of God and the heart of God is he wants to use the church. And so the power of this is that every Christ follower becomes a practicing Christian and we're walking by faith and we are making decisions every single day by faith that we know that God wants to use us. Let me speak to the high schoolers in this room right now. I want to ask you, are you a practicing Christian? You don't have to, I don't want you to answer out loud. I'm just, I'm asking that question and I want it to be a little awkward. Because I know, man, there's a whirlwind of, of beliefs and a whirlwind of all kinds of stuff all around you and like I think automatically of, do you know that your phone is one of the most dangerous things you own? That your phone, you can sit there and, and watch funny videos that blaspheme the name of God, that go against God's word, that mock God's instruction. And I know it's funny. But if you're a practicing Christian, it doesn't take your mom and dad to tell you, you don't need to watch that. If you're a practicing Christian, there ought to be something inside of you that says, I'm not gonna watch that. I, if I'm a practicing Christian and that app is bringing something in my life on my, on my phone, and I'm like, you know what? As a practicing Christian, this goes against everything that God wants for my life. I'm getting it off my phone. Amen. If you're a practicing Christian, you're going to know the power of you going to your mom and dad and having a tough conversation and saying, you know what? I have so much faith in what God wants to do in my life. I have so much faith that God is, he's got my back and he's watching over my life and my destiny is in front of me. And I have so much faith. I'm going to go have that tough conversation with my dad or my mom and tell them I'm addicted. I'm going to go talk to them and have those tough conversations if you're a practicing Christian, there ought to be something in your life that tells you, man, I have love for, for people that aren't like me. 
I'm not just loving people that like me and loving people that go to church. I love people that are opposite of me. If I'm a practicing Christian. You, you put it in your own life where it applies. You let the Holy Spirit open your heart and, and kind of show you these areas of your life that you say, you know what, this is an area you, you're like, kind of like at Luby's cafeteria, you're picking and choosing. Nobody goes to Luby's anymore. I, my wife told me last time I said Luby's, she said, do not say Luby's anymore. But it just came out. Sorry, babe. Uh, but, you know, when you're at Luby's and you want to pick stuff, and you're like, I want this, this, this. And this, that's how we are with our faith. We're kind of picking and choosing. Are we practicing Christians or not? You're practicing this. It means that you're going to a whole nother level, parents. I know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in a lot of trouble for, probably for talking about this because this is like, this is like the, the sacred area of, of like Mansfield, but it, like it, it bothers me that they're doing sports on Sunday morning. It does. Because I see families that are teaching their kids that, hey, oh, you want to be the next, you know, Michael Jordan? We're going to go, and they're four, and, they're, and, and we're going to go over here, and you're going to practice, and you're going to play because the coach said you got to practice. And we're practicing on Sunday morning. But by the way, you know, church is optional. We're, we, we'll go one day. There ought to be something inside of us that says, if we're practicing Christians, and I'm not knocking you, don't, don't, I'm not trying to be legalistic here. I'm just trying to challenge you. I want to wake you up. If you want to, like, there's lots of ways to get around this, but I'm just encouraging you to be careful that you're not communicating to your kids that church is not a big deal because it is a big deal. And this, listen, this is how God is going to reach the world. Why do you wonder why the enemy fights us on it so much? The enemy loves it when a church becomes dead. The enemy loves it when a, a church becomes a place that it is just full of attenders. It makes him so nervous when a, when a group of, of Christ followers say we are practicing Christians and we are going to rise up and be the church that God intended us to be. I know I'm getting excited, but I, like, I love the church. And I got my Steinmark jacket on today, so I always get excited when I got my Steinmark jacket. When I get the Steinmark jacket on, I get excited. Y'all will never look at this jacket again. Huh? I hate that Steinmark went out of business. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious here. There's too much at stake. I don't want to give my life. I don't want to give my life to just play church. To play patty cake with people and try to make everybody happy here. God, God wants to use us, but we got to get back to the place of saying, I'm a practicing Christian, and I understand, I see it all throughout the Bible, that the way that God works in my life, the way that God helps me mature, the way God reaches the world, it's through the body of Christ. 
God, give me this fresh faith to believe you. God, I, I'm going to show up and, and I'm not like, I'm not just singing some songs because Rachel wants us to sing songs. I have so much faith in worship that God's power is going to fall on my life. I have so much faith that as I'm worshiping God, God's going to heal my kids or heal my marriage. And I don't, again, I don't know where you're at when it comes to being a person that is practicing your, your faith, practicing Christian. For some of you today, it's all about baptism. You have procrastinated everything in your life when it comes to your faith. You've not taken those steps to serve. You're not giving. You're, you're, again, maybe you're giving, but you're not serving. There, there's lots of, lots of places we can go and, and kind of wherever we're comfortable. But I want to just say this to you, and I want you to look at me. Could it be maybe that the taking the, the step of faith to get baptized today is what's going to release you into this journey where your eyes are going to be opened up and you're going to see your time, your resources, you're going to see everything and you're going to go, all these things don't mean anything anymore to me. I'm a man, I'm a woman on a mission. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven thirty two. Wrong scripture. <laughs> Romans six. It says, "That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water." And I know we like to go, "Oh, yeah, that's a ritual we do." No, it's not a ritual. It's something we're commanded to do. So when I find commanded by God, I'm believing that there's something supernatural that happens when you go down into the water today. And by faith, you're going down into the water. It says when we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. That's so awesome. Listen, I don't know where you're at when it comes to your faith. Whether you've been a Christian 30 years or you've been whatever place that you're at, there's, there's, we've had dads that have been in church their whole life get baptized. We've had pastors that are on staff here get baptized because they understood I've not been baptized biblically. And you see that in the Bible, it says that every baptism in the Bible followed salvation. I know some of you also 
And I talked about this last weekend. If you want to go back and listen to it, you were baptized as a baby and you're, maybe you grew up in a Catholic or Methodist church. And I, listen, there, there's a lot of wonderful churches. This is not about dogging any church. But I'm going to tell you this. I love you enough to tell you this, that there's not one instance of a baby being baptized in the Bible. I would not get mad at your priest or go call your parents and get mad at them. I would look at what happened to you as a baby, as a dedication, that you were dedicated to the Lord. And now being baptized after salvation, after you've committed your life to Christ. Some of you, maybe you grew up in church, but it was when you were in your late 20s before you really committed your life to Christ. And you're like, do I need to be baptized? And I would say yes, if you've not been baptized. But the bigger question you got to ask yourself today, because I know we love to procrastinate. We're like, well, I don't know if I'd like, if God commands us to do it, and God says, just like serving, just like giving, just like inviting somebody to church, you do that by faith. What if today you getting baptized by faith is, is going to bring the greatest breakthrough of your life? I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful this afternoon. The body of Christ is going to be at Hawaiian Falls. And we're going to have a party and we're going to celebrate. And even if you're not getting baptized, I hope you're going to be there. I know it's going to be hot. But if your son was graduating from high school or a relative was graduating from high school, you'd be there. I, I want us to all be there. And I want us to celebrate this moment with people. But I'm believing that this big step of faith that you say, God, I'm taking this, this step of faith to be baptized and it is gonna be the beginning of my journey that I, I, I believe that you're gonna take me on, that my life is gonna be different. I, I wanna pray for you today. And I pray that as you, this afternoon, you're thinking about your life and asking yourself, am I a practicing Christian? Do I really practice this or is it just by name? For some of you, it's gonna be, I need to make the decision to start serving because man, I know that God commands me to do that. Maybe it's giving, I, I don't know. I believe a lot of us in here are gonna make the decision to say, I need to get baptized. I know it's the right thing for me to do. Father, I pray over every person in this place today. I thank you, God, for the way you love us. I thank you for your grace, for your love in our lives. And God, I know that you love the church. And God, you, you established the church to be the hope of the world. May we be a church, God, that is on mission. May we be a church that has great faith. God, I pray that you would fill this room full of people that are faith, practicing Christ followers, that are believing that anybody can get saved. 
that are serving, believing that lives can be changed, that are giving, believing that lives can be changed. Father, I pray that you would speak so clearly into our lives, God. I thank you for this. And everyone said. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.